0: On today's show, we'll dig into the differences between the Roth IRA and the Roth 401k. Which one is best? Is one right for you? Stick around and we'll take a deep dive. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle.
1: For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the
0: game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome Welcome. in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso.
1: Welcome, everybody, to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Choriso Peka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. Good Sunday to you, Steve. How are you today?
0: Good Sunday to you as well.
1: Yes. I'm doing great. Good, good. So lots of important things to get to in this hour. And then you mentioned about Roth IRA or Roth 401k or both. And in some cases, both might be good. Other cases, it's one or the other, or perhaps neither if a Roth account doesn't fit your situation and planning needs. But there are a few things to consider. So we're going to go over those. So Steve, what are the benefits of a Roth IRA?
0: So obviously, the biggest advantage of the Roth IRA is that it's, the earnings are tax-free. And in the Roth IRA, you're not subject, uh, from a retirement distribution standpoint, you're not subject to taking minimum distributions. Not having to take required minimum distributions can be a pretty powerful tool for both a retirement and, and from an estate planning perspective. The ability to allow those assets to continue to grow. So the simple kind of example is when you're putting money into your 401k pre-tax, you know, the traditional way, not into Roth, or when you're putting money into a traditional IRA and taking the deduction, you're you're putting in $1, you're saving a dollar of taxes off of your income. When you put it into a Roth, you are paying tax on that dollar at the time that you put it in. But now if that dollar grows to $4 in your pre-tax account, you have to pay tax on all four of those dollars when they come out. In your Roth, all four of those dollars come out tax-free, and you never have to calculate or take out a minimum amount. So from an, uh, from an estate planning standpoint, if it's money that you're not really going to need over the course of your retirement, if it's extra money or emergency money that you're not going to end up spending over your lifetime, your beneficiary is now going to be able to inherit that money tax-free as opposed to having to pay income tax on the entire thing.
1: Okay. All right. That's a good distinction to make. Um, also to the, uh, drawback for a Roth IRA, what is that?
0: Yeah. So the biggest drawback is you're, you're capped at how much you can contribute. So, uh, with a Roth IRA, if you're under 50 years old, you can only contribute $6,000 a year. If you're over fifty, you can contribute an extra thousand dollars, so that puts you at seven thousand dollars a year that you can put into the Roth, which is not going to necessarily make you uh, a ton of money for your retirement at seven thousand dollars a year. But uh, you know, it, it's still better than not having the ability to save tax free, so it's still still worthwhile. But I mean, the, the contribution limit is low.
1: Okay. Okay. And there are. Uh... New? Is it new income limits, or they're for 2021, or for Roth contributions?
0: They're not necessarily new. They just okay. they, the the limits go up every single year. So, uh, for single filers, you can make up to 125,000, and you can um, you can contribute to the Roth. If you make between 125 and 140, you can do a partial contribution. Now, there are other ways um, to 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 get money into a Roth, uh, one of them is a backdoor conversion, but that's probably a conversation for a, a later day. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're looking just strictly at the the contribution limits, if you're single and you make below 125, you're 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 okay to go do a full Roth contribution. If you're filing jointly and you guys make under 198,000, you're okay to deduct the full amount. If it's between 198 and 208, then you're, you're looking at a partial deduction, a partial uh, contribution,
1: okay. not so, deduction. Sure, sure. Okay, so we talked about the benefits of a Roth IRA. So what are the benefits of a Roth 401k? So
0: the Roth 401k is a little bit different than the Roth IRA. Uh, the Roth 401k, you can make a regular 401k contribution. So uh, like your 401k at work, you're able to contribute up to 19,500. And then if you're over 50, you can actually contribute $26,000 a year. So if you're getting paid, say, every two weeks, uh, you could contribute $1,000 per pay period. And that $1,000 is now growing tax-free. And so they have the same similarities in terms of the tax advantage of the tax-free growth that a Roth IRA has. The difference is the Roth IRA qualified distributions um, are made, you know, At any time, whenever you want, there's no minimum distribution from it. With the Roth 401k, there is a minimum distribution associated with it, but that minimum distribution, provided you had the account open for at least five years, would be tax free. Um, So you are gonna at some point have to take money out of it. Uh, But all of the other, all of the other. Benefits of the Roth IRA are present in the Roth 401k, and oh by the way, you're able to contribute twenty six thousand as opposed to contributing seven thousand if you're over fifty years old.
1: Okay, okay, that's a significant difference. Um, how about uh, the match when it comes to that?
0: Yeah, so I get this question all the time. Um, I work with a lot of a lot of uh, federal employees, and the the federal uh, the federal retirement plan, the TSP. Uh, a few years ago, added a Roth TSP component. People say, oh, I haven't done the Roth because if I do that, I won't get the match. That's absolutely not true. You still get the match. It just goes in pre-tax. Now, the Secure Act 2.0, which is being talked about, it hasn't passed yet. That would allow you to actually get matched with Roth dollars as opposed to pre-tax dollars. But for the moment, if you're contributing say $26,000 into your Roth 401k or your Roth retirement plan and the company is say matching 5%, that 5% that the company is matching is going in pre-tax, but the 26,000 that you're contributing is going in after-tax. And so the 26,000 would be Roth, the 5 the 5% that the company matches would be uh, a pre-tax contribution which you'd ultimately have to pay taxes on when it comes
1: out. Okay. Okay. So there, there is a drawback though with a Roth 401k.
0: Yeah. So we talked about that just briefly, but I mean, with the the Roth 401k versus the Roth IRA, mm-hmm. it, the account holder has to take distributions starting at 72. Now, as long as you've had the account open for more than five years, those distributions are based off of your life expectancy and would still be tax-free. And you're still talking about in your seventies, looking at probably like around a 4% distribution. It doesn't become a much higher percentage until you get into your 80s and 90s. And so you're still allowing the majority of the, the account to grow. It's a drawback, it's not it's not a huge drawback. The key to looking at the Roth IRA is, is it right for you, right? So it, do you have enough money saved pre-tax to where you're going to have a significant minimum distribution and it's going to hinder your ability to control your tax bracket? Well. You could be any age. If you're in that situation, contributing to Roth probably makes sense. But you're not going to know that unless you put together a plan. And so that's what we do. We we do retirement distribution planning. It's comprehensive. We look at the types of assets you have. We make suggestions on where you can save money in taxes long term. We'll, we'll project what your minimum distribution would look like. We're going to show you what would happen if you switch to a Roth. Uh, and so- these are all things when you know you make better decisions. When you plan, you make you make better decisions. You always wanna be making decisions in the context of a financial plan. And we're gonna make that available to the first 15 callers absolutely free.
1: This is for retirees and pre-retirees. It's common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You've got nothing to lose. Give Steve a call now. Phones are starting to ring. You want to get in before spots fill up. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's on the way next, Steve?
0: So what are you going to do in retirement? You might be surprised at the answers I get when I ask that question. Coming up, we're going to look at some things that you could do and some cases to consider when you're heading into retirement. It's all up to you.
1: And as always, thank you, Orlando, for spending some of your Sunday with us. You are tuned to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You can also check out his website, laurelws.com. So we're talking about a lot of different things today, lots of important stuff. And you're mentioning before the break, you know, what are people going to do in retirement? So you got you get a lot of different answers what people are going to be doing.
0: I do know, you know, and obviously the title of my book is cookie cut this Mm -hmm. because there is no cookie cutter retirement plan because everyone has a different vision of what they want their retirement to look like. Right. And it really starts with crafting your well-defined goal and really actually giving thought not not just saying oh yeah well I'm going to retire and do the same stuff that I'm doing well you have to actually think of now you have all these extra hours in your day
1: mm-hmm.
0: how are you going to spend how are you going to spend that day what are your interactions going to look like right and so once you have that you can assign a cost and once you are able to assign a cost to it you can tell whether or not you're on track for it or not on track
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so one of the things that's beneficial in knowing that is that if you have extra money and there are things that you want to do today while you're still healthy say you wanted to do and you're still working if you wanted to go do a trip to tahiti and you're worried about well if i do that then that might my my retirement Mm -hmm. might take a hit if you know you have enough money to meet your goals then it allows you to actually start living now um and doing you know maybe taking that vacation now that things are back open again.
1: Yeah. Um, Another important point is putting your legal documents into place now. That is so important.
0: It is. So like I was saying, you can't take your money with you. But, you know, if you do have money left over, it's going to go somewhere. And so you should have a will in place. And the time to make these documents is when you're healthy and of sound mind, not not at the last minute. Mm -hmm. So you want to have a will, a living will a durable power of attorney and a healthcare power of attorney in place. It's important to have those documents because what happens is is that there'll be a crunch time situation in your life at some point where you have a health emergency and you don't want to not have those documents in place or to be scrambling to try and put them in place while you're already ill. And so it's important to have them in place ahead of time while you're still healthy, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, it's important to let the people know where the documents are. So right. if you're naming a healthcare power of attorney and you're naming an executor to your estate and you're naming a durable power of attorney that springs into effect if you become incapacitated, it would be helpful if you let those people know ahead of time so that they're aware of it. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, you should let them know where the documents are so that when they ha- when you're in the hospital, they know where to go get the documents and they know they know what to do
1: right right that is so definitely so important you don't want them searching for high and low <laughs> um, right no absolutely no no also to preparing for tax changes because they're they're gonna be there really like it or not
0: yeah so it's it's not just the amount of tax right so mm-hmm. yeah, the obviously legislation changes from year to year and taxes can go up or down but one of the things that a lot of retirees fail to realize is that when they're working, all of the, a lot of the times their taxes are being withheld from their paycheck. When they're taking distributions from their retirement accounts or sometimes from pension or social security, they're choosing a tax withholding. Sometimes they're choosing no tax withholding. And then all of a sudden, even though their tax bill in raw dollars may not be as high as it was when they were working, they now are caught off, off guard when they have to then pay a big tax bill in April when they've historically gotten money back. So you want to be cognizant of the fact that, hey, you're still going to owe some taxes while you're while you're in retirement. And you want to have a strategy on how you're going to pay those.
1: Yeah. And that's definitely a good thing to have. Um, also, too, this is so nice to do if you can do it, give to charity. There's so many worthy charities out there.
0: Right. And there's so many tax benefits to giving to those charities. So mm-hmm part of doing a retirement distribution plan and we talked about this last week is the the end of your retirement is obviously your estate plan right so if you know ahead of time that part of your money is earmarked for a charity then if you have if there's going to be extra money left over it's smart to start giving to that charity ahead of time and realizing some of those those tax benefits that you can get because it it saves you currently on taxes it's still It still benefits the charity and it just you know, it just is using using something that you're gonna do anyway. Yeah. And instead of getting all the benefits when you pass away, you're getting them now while you can you can use them and enjoy them.
1: It's a win win. Win for the charity, win for you. Yep. Yep.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And you can also pick up some side gigs while you're at it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. So we're obviously in Orlando, the the home of Disney World. So (laughs) I mean we've all seen the people with the hands the greeters that, that are most of those people are retirees doing a side gig right that, that wasn't their primary occupation but they you know they're they work at the parks mm-hmm. um that's i know that's uh my personally i know that's my my brother's plan is to uh to do that he and his wife are gonna when they retire they're they're going to work at disney and uh-huh. uh as a side gig so there you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of different side gigs that you can do, but what it does is it it, it takes up some of the hours in your day. It, it, it gives you that social interaction because you're still going to, going to work, but you're doing something that you enjoy. That's hopefully not stressful and you're picking up a little bit of extra money. So that can be anything. It could be working at Disney. It could also be something like dog walking, or if you were a teacher and you wanted to still teach, but not as often you could do tutoring. So there, there are all sorts of different side gigs. It's about, Determining one for that's right for you, and um, some people want to retire and just stay retired and not do any side gigs. That's that's fine too, right? Um, but if if you need the extra money, uh, the side gig is a good is a good way to do it.
1: Yep, yep. And another one is overestimate healthcare costs. So many people are not prepared for this.
0: Yeah, no. So people think, all right, well. I have Medicare and that's going to cover me. Right. Well, there's also premiums for the Medicare, right? Which eats into your social security and there's co-pays. And then there are things that are not covered. And so Fidelity does a study every single year. And for a couple retiring in 2021, so a 65-year-old couple that's retiring now, you can expect to spend about $300,000 over the course of your retirement in healthcare and medical expenses. That's not including long-term care. That's just... Premiums, deductibles, costs of medicines, uh, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so most people are, are completely caught unprepared for this cost. And I have a whole chapter in my book where I talk about unexpected costs and people call these, these, these costs unexpected, but they can actually be reasonably expected. We're all going to have some type of health issue as we age or the majority of us will. And so... It's better to plan for a risk and have it not occur than to not plan for the risk properly.
1: Right, right. Speaking of planning, and that's what you do on a daily basis with your clients. You help them out.
0: It is, and we uh, we still have eight spots left. We're going to put together a, a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. We're going to look at healthcare costs. We're going to look at inflation. We're going to look at all of the things that could derail your retirement and show you how prepared you are for that. And it's going to start off with your goals and what you want your money to do for you. What's the lifestyle that you want to live? Do you have charitable intent? All of the things that we talk about on this show, we're going to put that together in a plan for you. And we have eight spots left. We're going to do that for the next eight callers.
1: 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow that you want. There is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. Pick up the phone and call Steve right now. Spots are filling up. Get in. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. What's straight ahead, Steve?
0: Well, when we come back, we're going to tackle what you should be doing as you reach the financial red zone, those important years leading up to retirement.
1: We're tuned to the retirement referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This: Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconform. So many good chapters in that book, and you want you want to check it out. Uh, Steve, he's also a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and a sought after speaker who's been brought in to train other advisors at some of the largest financial firms and insurance companies across the country. And so he knows his stuff, folks. You want to check in with him. So you were mentioning before about the, the financial red zone. It's the decade leading up to your retirement and the last chance to build that significant nest egg. So decisions in your 50s that will impact the retirement benefits you receive and how much you'll be able to safely spend for the rest of your life is key and first on that list is becoming a super saver.
0: Yeah, so that's that's one of the important things. So we always have excuses as to why we we haven't saved for retirement, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons to procrastinate, but usually the one that a lot of people will throw out there is well, I have, I'm putting kids through college or I have, you know, I have children in school, I have children in daycare throughout the whole throughout their whole 30s, 40s and into their early 50s. But now that you have an empty nest as you're nearing retirement, it's an opportunity to kind of rebuild that nest egg. So, you can do catch-up contributions. You could contribute if you have a 401k through work or a Roth 401k, you could be contributing up to $26,000 a year and really turbocharge your retirement assets. And so, because you're not paying that tuition and some of the other bills that you had, you can you can now take that opportunity to you know, to really jumpstart your retirement, and hopefully, you know, you you paid for school, and the kids got their own jobs, and they didn't come home, and they're not they're not returning to the nest. But you know, even if they do, chances are the expenses are still going to be lower, and you should still be able to save a little bit more.
1: And I know I was happy with this next one. I did this last year when I sold my house, but it's even better in retirement, eliminating your mortgage.
0: Yeah, obviously, anytime you can eliminate debt, it's a good thing. So paying off your mortgage effectively eliminates probably one of your biggest monthly bills, if not your biggest. You still have insurance and maintenance costs, you know, and the expenses on your house and, you know, there's still the things that go wrong like if you yeah. had a thirty year mortgage and you're now at year thirty, there's if you haven't replaced the roof or the boiler or, you know, there's things like that sure. that, that, that are gonna still potentially go wrong. Uh-huh. Um, that can be reasonably expected as expenses, but you're not if you had a seventeen hundred dollar a month mortgage payment, you don't have that anymore. So that's money that you could then plug into savings. And again, just it's another way to to rebuild and you're not paying any interest on it.
1: Right. And you were mentioning paying off debt as another good thing.
0: Yeah. So on the topic of interest, right, the mortgage is usually low interest. Now, if you've if you've accumulated credit card debt or parent plus loans or, you know, whatever type of of loan that you needed to get through whatever expenses you were having, whether it's you know, kids in college or, or medical expenses, if you accumulated some type of debt outside of the mortgage, you want to definitely get that paid off because usually those debts are a little bit higher interest. And if you have high interest debt when you try to retire, what it does is it ends up suffocating your retirement distribution plan because your investments are going to struggle to get you know the same rate of return that you're paying on a credit card, especially where some credit cards are as high as 26% interest. Mm-hmm. So- if you're, if you're paying, say, 24% interest on your credit cards, that debt is doubling every three years.
1: Oh, okay. Also, maximizing your tax breaks, something you definitely want to take, take into account.
0: Yeah, so there's two different ways to maximize your tax breaks, right? So you can start with the end goal in mind. So what do I mean by that? So if you were a diligent saver and you've been plugging money away pre-tax, uh, and now you have say a seven figure balance in your 401k, it might make sense for you to now switch over to Roth contributions to be able to better control your taxes in retirement. So that would be maximizing your tax breaks, but it's maximizing your future tax breaks. Now, if you are not in that situation where you, or you're in the situation that we talked about earlier where you haven't saved enough, you want to start plugging away as much money and not paying Uncle Sam currently, but put the money into a 401k pre-tax and let it grow and get the tax deduction. So uh, you're you're saving with Uncle Sam's money and getting caught up.
1: All right. We touched on this earlier, catch-up contributions.
0: Right. So if you haven't been contributing the max, then you probably should try to, to do that. If you're now over 50, your max goes up. So on the you know, on the Roth IRA, for example, it goes from 6000 to 7000 On a 401k, it would go from 19500 to 26000 So, and then if you're a, a self-employed, there's also catch-up contributions on some of those business plans as well.
1: All right. Also very important, you know, before you get to retirement, um, avoiding gaps in health insurance
0: right and so unfortunately and we talk about this all the time is that we don't always choose when we retire right sometimes our company will choose for us and lay us off or and a lot of times that happens in the years where you were planning on really plugging money away for your retirement so sometimes in your your mid to late 50s the company will downsize or um you'll get you'll get laid off and maybe it's not as easy to find the a job at the same level of income and so What you don't want to have happen is you don't want to have a lapse in your health insurance and then all of a sudden incur huge medical expenses because you didn't want to pay for COBRA or you didn't find an adequate plan on the on the exchange. So you want to make sure that you you don't have a gap in health insurance, because unfortunately, as we get older, the likelihood of us experiencing some type of a health care emergency becomes higher and higher.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, too, you talk about the retirement plan, but it's also important to make a social security plan,
0: right? And so, what do we mean by that? Well, so social security is based off of your thirty-five best earnings years. So, if you have twenty really good years, and you're deciding whether or not to retire at say sixty-two or sixty-seven, and you have you're fifty-two now, well, if you work those extra fifteen years at that same income that you're making now, you're going to have a higher social security because you'll have 35 really good years. Whereas if you work the 10 years, you'll still have five years that are not not so good. So we want to look at page three of the, the social security statement. So most of us focus on page two, which shows us the amount that we're going to get at 62, the amount we're going to get at 67 and the amount we're going to get at 70. But page three is actually the one you want to focus on, which shows your earnings record. And there are ways to plug in that earnings record and 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 project what your social security would be and what your what your calculation is now and so you want to really maximize those 35 best earnings years there's no silver bullet in terms of maximizing social security it's really the best way to do it is to continue to make money and have 35 years where you made the the full amount into social security. You paid the full amount in.
1: All good advice for you know planning to wrap up your, uh, your work life. And this is something you go over with people, different strategies, because everybody's different. You go over these plans all the time with people.
0: I do. And we still have three spots left. So what we're going to do is we are going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And in that plan, we're going to show you what what it would look like if you took social security at 62 what it would look like if you took it at full retirement what it would look like if you took it at 70. so you're going to get a really good sense of what the best claiming strategy is for you at this time and we're going to look at all right well what happens if you go out at 60 years old and decide not to work anymore how does that impact your social security and so knowing is it allows you to make better decisions so anytime you do planning Anytime you, you have a, a roadmap, you, you get to where you want to go a lot, a lot quicker.
1: It's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Call Steve. He's an advisor you could trust with the over two decades of experience and is a fiduciary. That's so important because he cares about you and what you want and what your goals are for your future. Again, that number, spots are filling up. Just a couple left, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. One more segment left. What's coming up, Steve?
0: Well, when it comes to questions, our listeners are the best. We'll dive in and come back with answers right after this.
1: Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Pega. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Time now for the ever-popular listener questions. First up is Robert in Celebration. He asks, what's the difference between an index fund and an ETF?
0: Great question, Robert. So many index funds are available as ETFs, and the ETF is an exchange-traded fund meaning that it's a basket of stocks. But an index fund is usually a, a well-established index like the S&P 500 um, or the NASDAQ or the Dow Jones. Uh, so those would be examples. If you bought an ETF that tracks those those particular indexes, that would be an index fund, uh, the Russell 2000, which would be the small cap index. An ETF can be an index fund, but it could also be so many other things too. So you, you can do much more targeted baskets, so to speak. So you could have one that just deals with, uh, cloud, you know, cloud computing and cybersecurity. You could have an ETF that deals with, you know, just, just tech stocks. So, um, it's basically what an ETF is doing is it's, it's, instead of picking one individual stock, It allows you to pick a basket of stocks in the area that you want. Um, And so a lot of the ETFs are very targeted. The benefit of the ETF over, say, a mutual fund is that it's a fixed number of shares, meaning it trades on the exchange throughout the day. And a mutual fund, they're issuing you shares one time a day when when money comes in, and they're redeeming shares when money goes out. So if we have a, a negative market like March of last year, where the market's going down and people are panicking, that mutual fund manager is getting redemptions coming in, and they have to they have to liquidate some of the holdings to pay for the redemptions. Whereas an ETF manager does not, because it's traded throughout the day. So, uh, ETFs are are a great a great way to to get diversification. So are index funds, um, and like I said, the two are not um, mutually exclusive in the sense that an in, in index fund can be an ETF, but ETFs can also be a lot of other things.
1: All right. Interesting. Um, up Next up is Jim in Winter Park. He says, I'm 61 years old, never married, no kids. How much retirement planning do I really need to do since I don't care if there's any money left for anyone when I die?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. And, and so that's uh, kind of the attitude of, uh, you know, you want, your, you want your last check to bounce, right? Uh, so- <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's great to spend all the money that you made. Um, you don't have anyone that you need to live the money to, but you still wanna make sure that you don't run out of money. So you still wanna be prudent and you still wanna have to do, you still wanna do a retirement distribution plan to make sure that there's still enough money to sustain you, whether you live to 95 or, or whether you live to 85. What the difference is, is where, you know, if there's money left over, where do you want it to go? And so one of the things that we talked about today was charitable contributions. So if you know that there's probably going to be some money left over, it might make sense to start taking advantage of charities. If you're working with an advisor who's doing a retirement distribution plan for you and is doing ongoing review, if you're, you have a year where you're you're making more more on your investments than you expected then maybe you do an extra trip so whereas someone who may maybe has children that they want to leave money for or other types of goals maybe they they don't plan the extra trip when the market does well. in your case maybe you you decide to go on an extra trip to South America you know so it's it's all about your goals and what you want your money to accomplish for you but you still need to have a plan because you always make better decisions in the context of a plan.
1: All right. All right. Next up is Paul in Maitland. Is there a a good rule of thumb for how much of my IRA should be invested in safe investments at age 60, or is it just a matter of personal preference?
0: Paul, it is not a matter of personal preference, and there is no rule of thumb. So it's really dependent on your spending. So what you want to look at is how much are you spending or how much is your lifestyle costing you? And so, if your lifestyle is costing you, say, $5,000 a month, and between Social Security and other guaranteed income sources, you're you're taking in $3,500 a month, well, you have a $1,500 shortfall that needs to come from somewhere. And you don't want to always take it from your investments, especially when those investments are down. So, you typically want to keep about three to five years of your shortfall in something safe or liquid. Um, so... In order, in order to answer your question about safe investments, you'd have to do a little bit more detailed planning and kind of craft out what you want your, life, your retirement lifestyle to look like and determine if there is a shortfall. But let's just stick with that example of $1,500 a month shortfall. You would, if you wanted to have three years of that available, you would need obviously uh, $54,000, which is 18000 a year times three years um, would be the safe amount in that scenario.
1: Okay. All right. And then we've got Jan in Davenport. She says, I've heard of fixed annuities and I've heard you mention fixed index annuities. Are they essentially the same thing?
0: Great question, Jan. They're not the same thing. So fixed index annuities work uh, more like a a bank product, even though they're an insurance product, in that they give a stated interest rate. They're usually going to be held at that interest rate for five years or seven years or 10 years uh, and you're you're locked into that interest rate. Some fixed annuities will also offer you a teaser rate the first year, but then they the rate drops after that. But it's it's a stated interest rate, the same amount of interest every single for that year. So if it if the interest rate for that if you did a one year annuity that ga- gave you four percent the first year with a one percent floor, it could be four percent for the first year and then one percent a year thereafter. Or if you did a five year annuity and you were getting three percent for the five year period. It could be the same 3% for the five years. So that would be a fixed annuity. A fixed indexed annuity is gonna be linked to an index. Usually, if it's linked to a stock index, there's going to be some type of a cap or a restriction. So if there's a cap, it would say, We're gonna, you're gonna make the first three or four percent that the index goes up, but anything above that you don't make. That's a cap. Or they'll say, you you're invested in the s and p five hundred but you have a forty percent participation rate, meaning that if the s and p five hundred makes ten percent you're getting forty percent of that but if the mark if the index goes down you're getting zero and so what it does is it gives you an element of safety and still gives you some market participation if if you're in a fixed index product with an uncapped strategy, usually those strategies are gonna have a mix of stocks and bonds and uh very similar to kind of a like a target date fund and usually they're going to have a participation rate as well so it would be something like you know you're making 90 percent of whatever that index does it'll have a higher percent uh, higher participation rate than a pure stock index but with the fixed index annuities you can usually make a little bit more than a fixed in uh, a plain vanilla fixed annuity um, and it gives you a lot of the benefits of a variable annuity without without a lot of the costs
1: all right. All great questions, and I know that um, how many spots we have left, Steve. We
0: only, yeah, we have, we still have two spots left. So, uh, you know, we would love to hear from you, and we would love to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And uh, we thank, we thank you for spending part of your Sunday night with us.
1: Yes. To call Steve and get in just two spots left. It's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And you can get that financial roadmap put together. And Steve, he'll translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review to show you where you are now, but most importantly, where you need to be and you've got nothing to lose. Call now. 800-705-9995 800-705-9995 all great topics and great questions Steve and I look forward to some new ones next week.
0: Yeah no absolutely it's always a pleasure Teresa we'll be back here again next Sunday.
1: Yep for the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso.